Hello, this is Lisa Meister. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the basics of healing from satanic ritual abuse. I've been being contacted by a lot of survivors who are starting to have flashbacks. They're in the beginning stages of it, and they need help. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. Let's be honest, this is huge, so it's got to feel pretty helpless when you don't know where to start. And I have some ideas that I would like to share with you today. The first thing we need is a big dose of determination. Healing isn't going to magically occur with time. It's not going to go away. One or two altar calls at church or going into one or two deliverance sessions isn't going to take care of it. This is going to be a marathon. It's not a dash. So you're going to need to respect your body. You're going to have to respect the pace of which it happens. And understand that flashbacks and healing are going to come in waves. Now, at the beginning, there's going to be a lot of flashbacks. It's going to be very difficult to hold on. But know that it will pass. That it's a season that you're getting through. And eventually, the flashbacks are going to be a little less often. And um, over time, they'll get farther and farther apart. But at the beginning, they're going to come in clumps where you're going to get a lot of them, and it's going to be very overwhelming. So this determination, you have determination because you survived getting through satanic ritual abuse as a child. Now you're an adult, so you're going to have tools and areas and avenues of help that you did not have as a child. If you can survive the abuse, you can certainly get through the healing of the abuse. And being able to understand that is really pivotal in your healing. Getting good books is very important to start. One of the best books I found is called Safe Passage to Healing by Christine Oksana. And it's about satanic ritual abuse specifically. And she really goes into all the aspects of it. She'll explain the vocabulary of it, how to deal with it. And it's just an endless source of material. I looked at it as the Bible of SRA. It it just explained everything that I needed to me. Another good book by Patricia Baird-Clark is called Restoring Survivors of Satanic Ritual Abuse, and she gives the ministry aspect of it, kind of what's going on spiritually with SRA, uh, what you need to heal, how to go about healing, those sorts of things. Very, very, very good in scope. It'll cover what you need. Another very important book is The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, and that is not SRA specific, but learning to accept your body, to understand what it's saying to you. If your heart's beating faster, what does that mean? Um, If all of a sudden you're triggered, what does that mean? What does uh, body pain mean and what is it telling you? Excellent. Memoirs from survivors, very good to have. You can either get them in book form or obviously you're on this podcast, so you're finding podcasts. YouTube, there's a lot of uh, different people that are interviewing SRA survivors. You can find a wealth of information 
on YouTube as well. Another really important thing to do is get a team of solid people around you, friends who believe you about the SRA. So if you're explaining to somebody what you're going through, there's going to be people that are absolutely going to turn their back on you and leave you in the dust. There are people that are going to be, tell you that is not real. They debunked that in the 80s. Have you heard about the false memory syndrome? Those are not the sort of people you need. You need people that are going to be empathetic. They're going to be there for you. They're going to care about you even with this. Uh, get a good pastor, a pastor who will accept SRA and are willing to help you through it and pray with you. A good counselor that has SRA understanding, if you can afford it. I tried a psychiatrist once, and uh, the psychiatrist had come, highly recommended for SRA. So I went in, explained it to her. She leaned forward and very condescendingly said, does the government know? So I left. I mean, you just cannot put up with that kind of counselor, that kind of psychiatrist, that kind of a doctor, just automatically don't let it talk you out of your truth and what's happened to you, but let that be almost as if it's a gift that this person is letting you know they are not the person that's going to be with you through this. I had some really good counselors. They had never had an SRA survivor before. They were willing to jump, jump into it with me anyway. Those in, were very helpful. Connect with other SRA survivors online. There's groups out there. Uh, I have a Christian Women Survivor, SRA Survivor group on Facebook. Um, just find groups on Facebook, on the internet, where you can connect. You can start talking to other survivors. I didn't for many years in because didn't have the internet available back then, but also I didn't trust it. I didn't know... Could they be really cult active people ready, you know, to pull me back in and hurt me in some way? But eventually I got so desperate to talk to somebody that I dove in and, and I found some friends that are still friends to this day. It's also really good to find some survivors that are years ahead of you because you can really glean from their wisdom and their understanding and what they've learned. I'm sharing with you what I've learned because I've been through it. So the same sort of thing. You want people also, certainly where they are in the same part of healing with you, because they can certainly walk with you through it, but also people that are ahead of you. Also know with your team that you cannot share the dark memories with everybody. It's secondary trauma. It is very traumatizing to people to hear it. So maybe your counselor, maybe a spouse, you know, you're going to have to feel that out, but you can't just go telling everybody because most people aren't going to be able to handle it and they're not going to be able to stick with you. So be vague in talking about it. Let them know I'm having flashbacks. This is horrendous. I need help. Can you come sit with me? And then don't tell them the specifics. Just, you know, let them know how scared you are or, you know, let them take you out for coffee or let them bring you a meal or something like that. Those are the kind of people that are solid for your team. The most important thing you can do is get as close to God as you can get. A lot of survivors have confusion thinking because it didn't get stopped 
God in some way allowed it or because he didn't prevent it, then he's bad and not trustworthy. I don't see it that way at all. God was with us to help us get through it. He helped us to dissociate. I heard a mom, her daughter told her young daughter, said, don't worry, mommy, God takes me up to heaven when this happens to me. So God has a way of helping the kids to get through it. There's also a lot of false Jesus in these groups where they will dress somebody up as Jesus and he has them raping or some way horribly part of the abuse that's going on. And that way people are terrified of Jesus, terrified of God, but that's a false Jesus. So when you come to real God, real true Jesus, they're completely trustworthy. You know, they set up, God set up the Garden of Eden without any sin, without any evil in it whatsoever. And he did a beautiful job in protecting us. And it was when man chose the evil that the sin came in. So where we are right now wasn't what God wanted. It's not what he set up for us. You need to know what the Bible says because it is your anchor in hard times. Psalm 23, 4, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. I like that because SRA is the valley of the shadow of death. And healing from it is also, trust me, the valley of the shadow of death. So knowing that God is there with us and that he's going to be there to get us through, he's going to be comforting us in it. And I have absolutely found that to be 100% true. So knowing that, knowing other things that are in the Bible, you need to know what's in there so you can know God's character to trust him. And then he can be with you to help you through it. Bible's encouragement. The Bible gives you wisdom on spiritual warfare, and this is spiritual warfare. The rituals are where God and the devil are really fighting it out, right? So, Ephesians 6.12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That's cult members. That's the people. But we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So that's talking about demons. It's talking about Satan, the devil. So that's who we're fighting against. Knowing that that's who we're fighting against starts bringing wisdom. And all of Ephesians 6 goes into putting on the armor of God to fight the enemy. And then we know James 4, 7 that says, resist the devil and he will flee. The demonic has to go when we're using the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So just like when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and the devil was tempting him, he used scripture to fight the devil and it would stop that temptation. Same way when we're doing spiritual warfare, we use scriptures to rebuke the devil. It says, resist the devil and he will flee. It says, Lord, you know, you, you demons, I resist you right now in the name of Jesus, get out of here. Bible says they have to go, right? So that builds your ability to fight spiritually. And with the flashbacks, with um, dissociation, with some 
parts that come up, the altars, uh, what used to be called multiple personalities. Some of them are there to try to stop your healing. So like you really need wisdom and it's only going to come from God and from the word of God. Another important part of healing is journaling. Many people find it helpful. When I first started, I could not, I would get a flashback. I couldn't speak it at all. I just couldn't come up with words. If I did come up with a word, I'd be stuttering, could not speak at all. So I got a journal and that was even terrifying to me. So I got a pencil and I would start writing very lightly. And then over time, as I grew in some confidence and I wasn't quite so scared, I moved to, to you know, writing a little darker with a pencil. Eventually I moved to a pen. Now look at me, I'm speaking. So it's going to be very intimidating and scary at first, and that's okay. Journaling, if you need to do it in a pencil, however you need to do it, if you need to just draw a picture, that's fine too. But having a place where you can write things down, write out your thoughts, write out your feelings, maybe write out something that you're learning, maybe some information, whoa, I just saw this person, write their name down so you can remember it. Another thing is you need to safeguard yourself. You need to be prepared for suicide programming. Always, always, always call somebody for help. Always. And if nobody's available, call 911. You don't want to kill yourself. That, that's what the cult wants you to do. They don't want you to, to remember. They don't want you to speak so there's suicide programming that they've got set up, um, and you want to make sure that you don't go through with what they're saying. Write or draw the impulses instead of acting on them. Reward yourself for successfully getting through the crisis. So, okay, I know I'm going to get through this. I'm going to allow myself to do this, get this, you know, whatever it needs to be, whatever would be a reward for you. Always, always, always reward yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back. Say, well done. You need to do that you, to encourage yourself to get through this. You need to be aware of your family. When flashbacks are first starting, you're not going to know the scope of who was involved, how it went down, and until you do, you have to assume that your family was a part of it because the majority of people that are satanic ritually abused are abused through their family and it's generational. So until you know for sure who the perpetrators were, you cannot trust your family. I know that sounds harsh. I know you're probably like, oh, well, no, not my family. It just has to be the way it is. Cult families also will find you. They'll say, oh, I'll find a counselor for you. But a cult family will find you cult active doctors, psychiatrists, and counselors to control and manipulate you or to activate suicide programming or to activate return to cult programming. And you don't want to show back up at a ritual and be re-victimized. You don't want to commit suicide. So if your well-meaning family says, hey, let me find a counselor for you, always say no. 
if they're willing to pay for a counselor, you go find a counselor and let them pay for it. But if you're like, no, only if I pay for it, always a red flag. Don't be alone with your family. And if you find that your family is called active, if they are the ones that put you in there, you can never, ever have any contact with them. No phone contact, no emails, no snail mail. Um, you get rid of anything they've ever given to you because anything could be dangerous. Another really important thing to do when you're brand new is when you have flashbacks, sit with them about a week before you begin to try to process them. It's going to take a week to lose a little bit of the emotional fallout and the panic you're having with the new material. The physical pain will lessen because it's very physically painful. Your body's feeling that pain when it first comes out. And you'll be better able to think. You cannot think when flashbacks are new. It's going to be very easy to, if you don't sit with it for a while, to just say, ooh, that's impossible. I must be crazy and throw that out. You have to understand the smoke and mirrors game that they play in these cults. You were a child. You were drugged. It was the middle of the night and you were in absolute terror. So, and they will make things that are not possible seem possible to you. In the flashback, you're going to look at it and you go, oh, there's no way that happened. Or other people, if you tell them, go, oh, that never happened. See, you're crazy. That's part of the game that they play. Be prepared for it. Don't let it throw you. I spent so much energy trying to validate every flashback that I had, and it just doesn't work. I would have saved myself so many years of healing if I didn't have to do that. So you got to accept it, you have to deal with it, and you have to move on. Another thing that's very helpful to do is find ministries that can help with the healing. Hispresenceonline.org is a really good one. There's, she's got a lot of informational videos that will explain what you're going through, tell you what to do, how to handle it. Another one is um, bridemovement.com. They do a lot of SRA training material on there. Um, you can message them, ask for help, see what they've got available. Having ministries is great. People that are willing to walk through you, they're not there to make money. They're there just to find you healing. It's not easy to heal from SRA, but it is possible. Give yourself time, give yourself space, give yourself understanding, and you will heal, I promise. Thank you for listening and have a good day.